Okay, first Peter chapter 2. And we'll read <clears throat> in the first few verses. Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisy and envyings and evil speakings, as, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow by it. If so be that ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious, to whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. He also is a lively stone, so built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore also ye, it is contained in the scriptures, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you therefore who believe he is precious, but unto them who are disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner, and the stone is stumbling and the rock of offence, even to them who stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. And so we have the full portion of Scripture, and looking at the responsibility of Christians, and these, these verses and a few more, another four verses down to verse 12, but we won't be getting there tonight. And uh, as we've already noticed, to be growing Christians, newborn babes growing, burgeoning believers, to become building blocks, lively stones, as we looked at two weeks ago. And <clears throat> to behold the beloved. Last week we just centred in on the thought of being offering spiritual sacrifices and went through the spiritual sacrifices. And tonight we begin looking at the responsibility of beholding the beloved, beholding the Lord Jesus, found in verses 4 and 6 through to 8 that we've read already. Let's pray now and ask the Lord's blessing as we look at his word. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for being able to meet as we have and for those that have faithfully come along. We ask that there might be many others tuned in and paying attention to the word of God and be encouraged in the midst of the week, whether it be a working week or a week, Lord, where they are doing the business at home. Bless, Lord, here and bless every place your people are gathered together to bring glory to your name. Lord, we may not all have that much long, longer down here to meet as we do, but I pray that we'd take advantage of it while we can. We ask a blessing on the fellowship now in the preaching of the word in Jesus' name. Amen. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay, to behold the beloved. Verse 4. We skipped it and went to verse 5 the last two weeks. But verse 4. To whom coming as unto a living stone. What does it say in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2? Can anyone remember that? It's a, it's a well-known verse that's written there. Looking who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the Father on high, looking unto Jesus. 
we're going to look at him face to face in a little while. And we ought to be beholding him now, looking unto him. <clears throat> Remember when in Matthew chapter 14, verse 28, where he came walking on the water to the disciples in the boat and uh, they all got a fright, thought it was a ghost. And then what did Peter say? If it's you, Lord, bid me to walk unto you. And he got out of the boat and he started walking on water. It's not something you can do. <laughs> but then, what did he do? He took his eyes off the Lord. And what did he do? Begin to sink. And then what did he say? Lord, save me. Help. <laughs> and so, isn't that the case in the Christian's life? We're looking at Jesus. That's good. And that's what we should do. Look at him in his word regularly. We consider what it's saying. And uh, <clears throat> as soon as we take our eyes off the Lord, stop looking at Jesus and what he's done for us and what he's going to do and all the promises, we start to sink. We have to cry out, Lord, save me, I perish. And so, looking unto Jesus, behold the beloved. And here we're told to look unto him as the living stone. A living stone. A spiritual house must have foundations commensurate with the nature of the superstructure. If you've been in Melbourne or Sydney and been downtown in those towns and they're going to put up a big skyscraper, what do you notice? about the site where this thing's going to go up. <laughs> They're going way down, down, down. <laughs> and it'll be four stories down. It'll be a big hole. It's right down in. And they're trying to get down to rock. And you know that that's going to be a very tall building. You, you go into these skyscrapers and things in, at the bottom, it just looks all ordinary, just like a building. But there's a lot of metal, a lot of concrete, a lot of planning gone into getting that. And is it any different with the church? There had to be a good foundation, a great foundation. And it is what other foundation could you want but the Lord Jesus Christ? Um, <clears throat> so it won't fail nor fall. Has, it, has the Bible said that of the church it's not going to fail nor fall? There'll be those that come in like the tares. There'll be false teachers come in. But in the end of it all, will it still be in existence? When he comes, just because shall he find faith when he comes, but it'll still be there. And just like it was with Israel when they'd sinned so, so greatly over their history, and the Lord came down and was spoken of in a book of Isaiah and had the Assyrians come and take them captive. And then the, the, the sister, Judah and Benjamin, didn't heed the warning and 120 years later, the Babylonians come and took them out because they weren't paying attention to their spiritual life. They were the, the, the superstructure, the, the building of Israel was for the purpose of letting the whole world know about God. And instead of the whole world knowing about God come to our day, the world knows about who? <laughs> Buddha? Krishna? Help me. <laughs> I don't study their writings, but all the other gods... Why? Because even the church has failed to get the message out. Now, yes, there is one God among many now, they say. But a great structure has been built and it's being added to block by block, 
building pace by building pace. Uh, <clears throat> upon, as Jesus said in Matthew sixteen eighteen, after Peter's confession, upon this rock, Petra, P-E-T-R-A, it's a massive rock, a mammoth rock, I will build my church. He won't build it upon Petros, P-E-T-R-O-S, which is a pebble, which was talking and referring to Peter. He's one of those little lively stones like us put into the building. Well, <clears throat> a few weeks ago in the morning service, we, I went through preaching on the stone. Was it the rock? I think it was a rock. Most all started with S. It was like the smitten rock and words had started with S. But this falls in the same time frame. We're looking at it here. A rejected stone, verse 4. Disallowed indeed of men. Repudiated, rejected because he did not measure up to Israel's expectations. He came unto his own, finish the verse, and he's... His own received him not. He came as light, but Israel preferred the darkness. In John 3.19, just after John 3.16, there, John 3.19, this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds are evil. Isn't that the world today? Their deeds are evil. Don't tell us about the light. Don't tell us about God. We don't want to know. It exposes our sin. We want to live as we please. Just turn back a little bit to Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 26. And see the danger of rejecting the light when it's available to take it. He's a rejected stone and is still a rejected stone. Rejected in the context we're looking at of Peter by Jews but Peter brings it forward to Gentiles too verse 26 here the writer said for if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth there remains no more sacrifice for sin God can't make another sacrifice Jesus is not going to die again he has died once as it says many times in Hebrews but a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries. Take notice of what happened to Israel because they rejected the cornerstone. Yet even in their rejection, God was merciful and gracious. He gave them time. He gave them at least 35, 37 years to repent till Titus came down and destroyed Jerusalem. He still gave them another 37 years. And when he passed away, or when he died, was crucified until that time, and Titus came, and it's said that all Christians were gone um, from, from Jerusalem. There's no, Jews, no Christian Jews left there. In, they'd gone. They knew what was coming. God said it was going to come. The Lord said that was going to come there. When you see, you know, Jerusalem surrounded by armies, and it's in, it's in Matthew, don't hang around. <laughs> Get out of there. They had already gotten out of there. But the rejected stone... And there's dire consequences for those that reject the Lord. In Luke chapter 19 and verse 27, there's a whole portion there, but just right in the middle, verse 27, it reads, But those mine enemies who would not that I should reign over them, bring here and slay them before me. That's the consequences of rejecting the cornerstone. You know, that it was about the parable of the ten 
10 pounds, the whole story there. And <clears throat> they said, you know, sent a servant down to get the goods from renting the place and they treated him shamefully and they beat him. They did, the Lord did it twice. Then I'll send my son. They'll respect my son. Sent the son and they crucified the son. And then he said, verse 27, but those mine enemies whom would not that I should reign over them, bring them here and slay them before me. Uh, <clears throat> a rejected stone despised by those that should have believed in him. In chapter 20 of the book of Luke, in verses 10 through to 18, Luke 20, 10, and is saying the same thing, that he might collect the fruit and the wages of his vineyard. And what did they do? They destroyed the son. The husbandman destroyed the son. In verse 17, And he beheld them and said, What is this then that is written? The stone, and this, this ties it right in with Peter, the stone which the builders rejected, the same is become the head of the corner. Whosoever shall fall upon that stone will be broken, but to, on whomsoever it will fall, it will grind him to powder. And there's the warning, a rejected stone. Israel's example. Now, God values his son far differently than what the Jews valued the Lord Jesus. We go back to Peter. And verse two, uh, verse 4, where we are, to whom, chapter 2, verse 4, to whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, rejected, but chosen of God and precious. <laughs> chosen of God. Total, totally different. God the Father is pleased with his Son. Is there any reference you have in your mind where the Lord, the Father, was pleased with his Son? What did he say? A voice from heaven? I'm well pleased. That's it. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. That is as his baptism. Was there another occasion? Can you think? Transfiguration. At the transfiguration, where the same saying was said from the Father in heaven to the Son on earth, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. Hear ye him. And so the, <clears throat> a rejected stone, disallowed of men, but chosen of God and precious. <clears throat> The chief cornerstone. Verse 6 now of First Peter 2. Wherefore also it's contained in the scriptures. Behold I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone. Elect precious. And he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Christ is not just one of many possible cornerstones. But the only cornerstone. And Paul expressed the same conviction. That the church is built upon the foundation of the apostles. And the prophets. And Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone, Ephesians 2.20. 1 Corinthians 13.11 Other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ the Lord. Yeah. Uh, and the chief cornerstone. Remember, or if you've, if you've seen pictures of the Wailing Wall, as you're looking at it, 
go right, you're going south, go left, you're going up north, but you go you go under in you know, big tunnels. And you don't go in there just a little bit, and they set you down a little theatre thing in all the rocks, <laughs> and they have a, a picture of, no, a, a model of Jerusalem that comes up, you know, a hydraulic thing, and what it used to look like and all that, and then and it goes, they have lights. But then they start, they give a commentary, and they, on, they're between you and the wailing wall, you're still facing the sort of the wailing wall, make comments about the prayer. This is the closest to the Holy of Holies. This is where real Jews want to come and pray. They're as close as they can get. <laughs> but there is a massive rock there, one of the building blocks. It's not, to me, it's not the cornerstone. The cornerstone would be down where it's the deepest, down the southern end, where it's many, many feet high. But there's this massive rock there. It'd be higher than eight foot, which is a ceiling here, probably ten, and it'd be as long as this building. And I don't know how deep, because we weren't looking that way. <laughs> And how did they get it there? It's all been cut, chiselled, and all the edges have got a, a decoration around it. And you say, this is a stone that's holding a lot of them together. It, it spans lots of rocks that are all tied to it on the top, probably on the side and the ends. But <clears throat> the Lord Jesus is the chief, the big one, the cornerstone, no other foundation. And he's a precious stone, not only a rejected stone in verse 4, a chief cornerstone in verse 6, but verse 7, a precious stone. Well, verse 6 and 7 contain in Scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion, a chief cornerstone, elect, precious. And he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Elect and precious of God. God is pleased with his Son. <laughs> Those who by faith are in the Son... As it says at the end of that verse, shall never be what? What's the word at last word of verse 6? Confounded. What does it mean to be con Have you ever been confounded? I think it means to be spiritually all over the place. <laughs> to be, ah! <laughs> Overwhelmed. Overwhelmed? You just can't get a grip on everything that's going on? I'm confounded and... There's a spiritual context here that yep. we can be overwhelmed without being involved in spiritual mm -hmm. issues. That's right. The, 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 the circumstances of life. People yeah. commit suicide because they're confounded. What, what are we going to do? How do we get out of this? <clears throat> As Christians, we have something to anchor our faith in and our eternity in. Um, <clears throat> and this is the precious stone. And who, he who has faith in the Son shall not be overwhelmed, shall not be confounded. The word in the, I looked it up in the Greek, it's dishonour. It won't be dishonoured. You'll have, you'll have it together. Your life will be together. You won't be humiliated, is another word it use, is used of it. It won't be shamed, another word that is used for that word confounded there, or disappointed. Another word that could be all put in that, in that place of that word. Dishonoured, humiliated, shamed and disappointed. In Joshua they say um, dismayed. Yeah, dismayed, yeah. Joshua, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Confounded with the, oh, what's going on. Mm -hmm. That's probably dismayed when AI beat them. <laughs> when there's a few people come out and 
made the Jews run. But <clears throat> a precious stone, folks, don't be dismayed. Don't be at the ends of your wits with what's going on. The devil might have stopped us coming to church. There's terrible things happening all around the world. And we're just talking on the way here and what China's up to while everybody's busy doing something else is, is something else too. Not good. That's not good when you look at that. But hey, we know the Lord's going to... He's got a plan. He's got a purpose. And, it, and, it's, and it's happening. <laughs> and uh, we're in the midst of it. We can't see... Uh, what's ahead but we know who holds the future don't we and we don't have to be confounded we have our faith in the rock <clears throat> he's precious his son is precious to the father in verse 7 unto you therefore who believe he is precious but unto them that are disobedient now on verse 6 sorry elect precious precious to the father and he's precious to the believer in verse 7 and in verse 4 the same word is used three times over in a few verses here precious 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 <clears throat> who's got something that's precious to you mm-hmm. no you don't have to say but you've got something I, I'm guessing it might be, yep, <laughs> I thought so. <laughs> Anybody else got something that's precious? Nobody? <laughs> that's sad. <laughs> just smiling, you know, I'm going to say it. <laughs> what you, what? Well, we've got to distinguish between material things. Yeah, well, you're a Christ, we're Christian, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. And that. Mm-hmm. Like grandkids or something like that, not material. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and they are. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I can't understand people, grandparents who don't think that way. And even parents who don't think their children are precious. It confounds me. <laughs> and uh, it, it shows in the children and that, right, what happens in their futures too. If the, we can, what do we do with precious things or people? <laughs> care for them, look after them, we pray for them, we attend to their needs, we, you know, fellow the man that doesn't provide for his house is worse than an infidel because they should be precious to him, they're living souls, they're beings, and world, worldly-wise, unsaved people, well, that's usually possessions, and unsaved people love their children too, and they count them as dear, they, you know, they're not all, you know, just believe them, who cares? No. <clears throat> God counts his son as precious. We ought to count him as precious. We ought to attend to him. We ought to pray to him. We ought to see that what he wants down here is happening for him. Where his hands, where his eyes, where his ears, where his feet. We take him wherever we go. And because he is precious, we want to share him with others. Because he can become precious to them too. Go back to chapter one, verse seven. I think Peter, in his old age, he wasn't he wasn't just rambling on. <laughs> you know, we can do that when we get a bit older. Told me that. <laughs> Has anybody told you that already? 
you've already told me that. <laughs> yep, that happens. And even happens with young people. And that's why when I'm referring to illustrations up here, I've said it before. So, and, and, and Peter, an old man, said it here. You know, in chapter 2, I mean, Second Peter chapter 1, he said, I've told you these things, but I'm going to tell you anyway. <laughs> but here in verse 7 of chapter 1, he said, that the trial of your faith being much more, what is it? Precious. precious. He's got it on his mind, this word precious. He's using it. <laughs> and Second uh, Peter chapter 1 and verse 1. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 1. It says there, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ to them that have attained like precious faith. Precious faith. <laughs> faith gets us to heaven. Faith gets us an eternal home. He's going to prepare for us. Precious faith. If it wasn't for faith, we wouldn't be going to heaven. He talked about that. So there's precious faith. Um, <clears throat> chapter 1, verse 19 of First Peter. But with the precious blood, and I know, yes, we've looked at them before, but just tell you these again. Precious faith, precious blood, <clears throat> precious saviour that we've looked at in verse 4 and 6 of chapter 2. Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 4. He said, thereby which were given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. Precious promises. He's got it on his mind. <laughs> this is worth something. I'm going to attend to this. I'm going to look after my faith. I'm going to make sure that I'm built up in my most holy faith. I'm not going to count this as cheap. If you've got some material possession that's precious, you'll look, it af look after it, you'll tend it, you'll wash it, you'll clean it, you'll vacuum it, you'll, you'll lock it up. <laughs> if you've got something that cost a bit and you lot, you had to put it in the shed. And so what you make sure you did before you went to bed every night? You made sure the shed was locked. locked. Have you done that? <laughs> you made sure the shed was locked because that cost me. <laughs> it was precious. <clears throat> Shouldn't we do the same, have the same attitude to the precious stone, the Lord Jesus Christ? His preciousness is recognised and enjoyed only by those who believe on him. For the disobedient, that is the disbelieving, there is no recognition of his love and mercy. They don't know about it. There's no reception of his grace in forgiveness of sins. There's no participation of his gift of eternal life. They haven't received that gift. There is no spiritual house to be part of as a fellowship of believers. But for the Christian, it's the opposite in every, every, every area. The precious things. Then he's an honoured stone in verse 7. Precious, disobedient. The stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made. He is honoured. <laughs> Israel and its rulers could see no beauty in the stone. They marked him as rejected or unfit for their use. I remember there's a creation magazine some years ago that came out with a, a, a lecturer in his sort of jacket like this and then he had his shorts and bare legs on. <laughs> and he's, he's running out of a university and it's got stamped on him, rejected, because <laughs> he believes in the Lord Jesus. 
He's rejected, he's fired, he lost his job. (laughs) And the unsaved people rejected him because he spoke about Christian things and that was happening and still does. And we don't hear a whole lot about them. But the honoured stone has been rejected. They rejected the father back when they were a nation. 722, they were taken captive in 586. But he is the honoured stone. He's made the head of the corner. What a sad thing. Notice what the Lord Jesus said, and I preached on this some not long ago, I don't think. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them who sent unto thee. All the prophets, yep. How often would have I gathered you together as a hen gathers the chickens under her wings and ye would not. They, they stamped on the Lord, the Father, rejected. They stamped on Jesus Christ, rejected. Out of here. We don't want anything to do with you. We will not have this man rule over us. That's what they said. There's a heap of verses we haven't got time to, to look at about the honoured stone. <clears throat> In Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 12, just looking at a couple, Hebrews 10 and verse 12. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for, for sin forever, sat down on the right hand of the Father. <clears throat> Precious to God is the Lord Jesus Christ. The builders disallowed him, but he's made head of the corner. (laughs) What place is a place of blessing on a throne? The right hand side. And the Lord is on the right hand of the Father. And he's been given that honoured position by the Father. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 and 7 there. Unto us... A child is born. Unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder. Yes, he is honoured. He will have the greatest position for eternity over all the redeemed of all the ages. And he will win the victory. As in Matthew 25 there, where he will judge with the sword of his mouth the nations. And he will divide them as sheep from goats. He will judge them and receive his own unto himself. He is an honoured stone and he is a judging stone. What happens to Gentiles that reject him? (laughs) We must go to this one. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. This is what they think. He's become a stumbling stone to those that don't believe. Even while the Lord was here, on earth in John 6 and 60 it says his disciples said when he said eat my blood eat my flesh and drink my blood this is a hard saying who can hear it and later in verse 66 of chapter 6 of John he said from that time many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more they said rejected we reject you and then the Lord Jesus said are you going to go too he said to his disciples I'm glad they said, to whom shall we go? There is none other. (laughs) But in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 18. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish. Foolishness. But unto us who are saved is the power of God. It is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to naught the understanding of the prudent. 
where is where is the wise? The wise person is the person that believes. I heard recently of someone that doesn't like preachers, and I've mentioned it before, I know. But and and preaching, because you know, this fellow up there yelling at us or talking to us. Now this is what God has said, this is the way it works. Are we going to stumble like the Jews did at the stumbling stone, or are we going to believe on the Lord Jesus? <clears throat> I pray that we will believe. Mass back in that verse eight of chapter two, a stone of stumbling. A rock of offence. You've witnessed to people that have been offended at what you've said. We've passed tracks out and people have gotten upset and really mad and have been offended. They've stumbled at the word. And this is where Peter applies it, not just to the generation, the Jews and their rejection, but he applies it to us Gentiles too. Wherefore, they were appointed. Notice that the last part of verse 8 of that second Peter two, they've stumbled. Millions, billions of people have stumbled at the word. You know what they're doing in China right now? If they know a person is a Christian, <clears throat> they're sending the army in and tearing anything that's Christian in the home down, stopping their pension. Old people, they got nothing to live on, and I dare say anyone that helps them will be targeted too. So what are they going to do? If they can't live off the land and subsist, they're going to die. They hate, they hate the name of the Lord Jesus, just as the Orthodox people in Israel do. They hate the name of the Lord. They are disobedient. And notice this, the little phrase, whereunto also, now he's not talking to Jews anymore, he's talking to us. Whereunto also they were appointed. What does it mean? It's talking about people rejecting the Lord Jesus. They were appointed to what? No, before they died. To salvation. The Lord is not willing that any should perish. That's what I think it means here. They were appointed to salvation. God didn't want anyone to die and go to hell. And it's saying it right there because it's talking about those that have rejected the cornerstone as the Jews rejected, people have rejected and now they've been appointed to judgment and not appointed to salvation. Everybody can get saved, can't they? He died for all. His blood was shed for everybody. And that's why on judgment day what did you do with my son? You rejected him. You counted him as nothing. You thought those foolish preachers and preaching was nothing. Had nothing to do with life and death. It did. It does. Other people would open their eyes and see before it's too late. Eternally. And as I've said before, about three months ago, Four and a half million people die worldwide every month. Nine million in two months. And you just keep adding it up for the year. It's 7.7. You'd check it out on the internet. I don't believe the internet. It's not gospel, but they've just given us facts. 7.7 .7 people 
every year die in a thousand. That's easy to work out then. Now the population of the world or the population of Australia or whatever and 7.7 .7 die. And that many million are going out into eternity and majority has said no. I reject Jesus. And there's no hope once they're gone. And the Lord is, you know, knocking through bushfires. He's knocking through corona. He's saying, hey, death is just around the corner. It could be your turn next. Are you ready? And anyone listening, if you're not ready, you need to believe on the Lord Jesus. So, you've been appointed salvation. Have you believed? I pray that you have. Most people coming to prayer meeting would have believed. <laughs>